Welcome to the Cashflow Guys radio show with your hosts, Tyler Chef and Leo Young. It's time to learn to earn. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. Today's episode, folks, we're going to be talking about the plan, why you should have one, what you're going to get out of it, and how the plan is going to help you move your business forward. So stay tuned for the Cashflow Guys. Welcome to Episode 7, Cashflow Guys podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about the plan. The plan, that's uh, the most important part, most uh of the folks that we counsel with and coach and stuff like that, Tyler, wouldn't you agree? They uh, jumped into this and didn't really have a plan. They just knew they wanted to start investing in real estate, and uh, off they went and kind of got distracted off track and made some mistakes on the way without having a plan. Well, yeah, and when you talk about the plan, you know, you can talk about it till you're blue in the face, but until you actually get it down on paper, get some sort of an outline and that was one of the mistakes I made early on was just I jumped in with both feet. I really didn't know what I was doing. And I, you know, got my way through it, but made a lot of mistakes and uh, spent a little too much money on those mistakes. But second go around here, I'm finding that by uh, drawing out that plan, taking the time to figure out my why, first of all, that, that, that why is critical. Oh, my goodness. And going back to my athletic background and going back to, you know, a teacher, if you look at uh, all the successful businesses, um, sports teams, successful um, entrepreneurs, singers, entertainers, all of that, all across the gamut, they all have some characteristics that are very similar. And at one point in time, they put a plan together, and that plan was supported by their core values or their, or their why. And basically the why is, why are you going down this path? What are you doing this for? Why do you want to do this? There's a thousand different things somebody could do. Why this? Well, yeah, and a great exercise that my mentor got me started on this go-around was I had to sit down and write down everything, all of my goals for the next 12 months if I could not fail. Right could not fail right so it really and then how i would feel what would happen if i didn't accomplish if i if i failed and didn't make those goals that's a unique exercise isn't it it's very unique and it really it was an eye-opener yeah yeah it really helped me get to my why it was the the building blocks that helped put that why together for me it was powerful super powerful sure sure when our team our retail team we we work with and the the real estate agents that we have i I make them do a core value exercise to determine that and and the real brief on that folks is uh you know you've got some core values that you're going to use to support with this money money is just a tool it's it's no different than a hammer a plunger a jackhammer or anything else it's a tool used to get something. Yeah, it's just one piece of the puzzle. One piece of the puzzle, exactly right. And the why is what you're going to do with that money. Why do you need more money? Is it to support yourself? Is it to support your family? And and what are you doing to kind of get there? So I encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast, get out a piece of paper. Now, if you're in the car, obviously you want to pull over, but get get a time where you can sit down and write down why you want to do what you're going to do, whether that is invest in real estate, passive income, financial services, whatever. Why? Why are you going to do it? Well, you know, Leo, I think a lot of people don't write down the plan because they start with 
they don't know what it's supposed to look like or they're afraid of making mistakes or they don't feel they have enough information to make a plan, which it's a valid reason. It, it is a it valid is. reason, but you still have to go through the exercise. Absolutely, and that's that's the most important part because as you move forward through this, everything will come back to that. It'll come back to that. It'll come back to that. You'll always come back to that original core ethos, mantra, or why you are doing this. Is it for yourself, for your family? Write that stuff down. I do this exercise constantly, and as long as I'm doing that, I am moving forward and I'm successful. One of the things that I looked at early on before I had a family is when I was becoming an entrepreneur is just basically for myself. For me, it was to make more money and not be in a in a job situation. I wanted the freedom that an entrepreneur experiences. Now, um, don't please don't uh, make the mistake of thinking that I'm saying that you can sleep till noon and not you know go on vacation four times a month and stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the freedom of scheduling the freedom of having my own day. We work very, very hard as entrepreneurs. We get up early and all that stuff, but I'm not punching a clock. Well, yeah, and you're actually you're in control of, of what goes on around you. You have control of, over what you plan on doing the next day and the next week and the next month, and you can sit down with your calendar, make a plan that makes sense, something that you're responsible for. You're driving the bus. You're in charge. Exactly right. When I was single... Um, that was it. It was f- it was to be my own person. When I got to uh, become a father with Allie, that that p- plan changed. Oh, absolutely. You, you can't have one plan. <laughs> life is life will change on you. Absolutely. <laughs> so my plan became very very different once I had a family. Um, then I was looking at uh, different aspects of it. College funding became part of my plan. Um, we have to look and, and really dive into healthcare now. Healthcare is very different now than it was five years ago. When this is not a political commentary show, we're not going to get into good or bad. The math is different, so we have to treat it differently. Um, I have lots of folks that I work with that want supplemental income for their retirement. They don't leave, want to leave their job. They're they're happy with their job. Well, a lot of people love their job, and you know, I loved what I was doing. It was just the location I was doing it. My job when I worked it for the government, it took me all around the world, and the travel was great. But the problem is, my family was here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that, and that wasn't your case twenty years prior to that. It was different. Yeah, totally different. So it's a it's a malleable plan. It changes, and there's all kinds of whys you're gonna you know you have to kind of extrapolate and get out there. Is it for retirement, supplemental income? Are you gonna use your HSA or your uh, self-directed IRA, all these factors have to kind of go in there. And don't think as you're writing this down, it has to be one plan. It's going to change. It's going to be fluid and dynamic. Just make a why, a why statement, why you want to go down this road. The challenges that you will face will bring you back to that. You have to remind yourself why you're doing this. What's the reason for it? From that, what do you do? What do you actually do? Now, now I know, let's say, let's use, use an example, Bob the investor. Let's say Bob doesn't, doesn't want to go to work anymore. He wants to be an entrepreneur, wants to be a real estate entrepreneur. What does he do? He, he wrote his plan. I don't want to work for Acme XYZ company anymore. I don't want to do that. I want to invest in real estate. It turns me on. I like it. That's my why. What do I do? Well, Leo, you know, I think the first step he needs to do is to, he needs to build his business so it's bulletproof. He needs to start with his foundation. Huge. 
I mean, without a foundation, a house will fall apart. Absolutely. And really, a business is no different. You know, setting yourself up properly, taking the time to educate yourself on what is needed uh, to set yourself up to make sure that you are insulated from failure opportunities that come up. Now, granted, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to fail. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is having a outline, a plan, a castle, let's say a moat built around your mm -hmm. empire mm -hmm. to save you from some of the things that generally take most a lot of businesses out. Starting with, you know, think about per personal financial statement. You know, that's truly the foundation. You got to figure out where you are so you can figure out where you need to go. Right. And most people just look at the end. They're, they're looking down the road. They forget where are you standing. Well, you, you got to think of it like a GPS. You know, these days we don't read maps anymore. We look at a GPS. And, yeah. you know, the GPS doesn't work unless it knows where you are right now. It can't give you directions to the destination right. unless it knows where you are now. And putting your plan together is absolutely no different. Hey, you got to start with a beginning. And like we said, that's where the why kicks in. But that personal financial statement, it's going to show you where you're strong, and it's also going to show you where you're weak. Yeah, and that's exactly right. I was actually, I'll tell you this right now. I was having a conversation with one of our uh, folks at a cash flow game just literally a few days ago, and they were asking really about you. And we were talking about their personal financial statement, and, and really it was more about them than it was a cash flow game. We got into a little sidebar, and uh, they were talking about Tyler. And um, I said, listen, Tyler is a military veteran. Um, if you put Tyler in the middle of the woods and you gave him a compass, he still wouldn't know where to go. Is, is left a good direction? Is north a good Is south? You have no idea unless you determine first where you are. you, you got to know where you're standing in order to know where you're going. So well, having that plan that you put together, that personal financial statement, what are your in, what's your income? What's your expenses? What are your liabilities? What's coming in? What's going out? Are you making money? Are you not making money? You have any idea? You got to put that on paper to know where you're standing. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the compass analogy makes is, is good. It makes a lot of sense. And that comes from taking the time to set together a plan. In other words, pulling the compass out, like you said, Leo, when I'm already in the middle of the woods. And it's 12 o'clock noon and the sun is high in the sky and I don't remember which direction my truck is in. Right. I can pick northwest, east, east or south, and that's not going to help me if I don't know what direction from where I'm standing my truck is. I mean, I can go north all I want. But is that right? Is that correct? <laughs> is that Did correct? I park my truck on the north side or <laughs> exactly. is it on the east side? And, you know, it happens. Well, folks, what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a little break, and I want you to come back and listen to us talk a little bit about the what. Do you want streams or do you want piles? Stay tuned. Yeah, this is Cashflow Guy. Future Home Realty is a proud sponsor of the Cashflow Guys podcast. Our philosophy is to provide our agents with the best education in the industry, matched with an aggressive compensation plan that makes sense for you. Future home agents make more because they keep more, a lot more. If you are a licensed agent and you're trapped by a compensation plan that is not in your favor, give us a call at 727-417-9696. That's 727-417-9696. Today is the day to take control of your career and your checkbook. 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are the Cash Flow Guys. I'm Leo, and that's my partner over there, Tyler. And we've been talking about the plan, putting together your why statement. Why are you going down this road? What is it for? And, uh, Tyler, we talk about this kind of a lot, and this is pretty simple. Once you determine why you want to go down this road, why you want real estate investing, and you're starting to put this plan together, you got to figure out what you're investing in, and uh, it comes up quite a bit. Streams or piles? Well, yeah, exactly. That's ex- that's that's a great way to start in. You know, a lot of people come in when they're thinking, "I want to be a real estate investor." I see it on TV; it's great. Yeah, I think they're thinking in the in the term of piles. Yeah, piles of cash. I'm going to make piles of cash. I'm going to sell a house. I'm going to make fifty thousand dollars, and that's nothing wrong with that. It's great. But there's also streams. Mm-hmm. Now, we get up, you know, well, we don't get up and go to work every day to, like most people do. But the average American gets up every day and punches the clock and receives streams of income. Income comes in provided they go to work every day. Correct. Trading time for dollars. Now, think of piles and, and piles of cash. Those are the, you know, you see those on the Internet. You see them on Facebook. Heck, we've used them in our cash flow games advertisements. You know, having that big pile of cash is what people get excited about, a big pile of cash. I get excited about a little bit of cash on a regular basis forever. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about a pile of cash. You leave a pile of cash sitting on a on your front lawn. What happens when the wind blows? Mm, you lose some of it. Well, absolutely. And people walk by and borrow, help themselves to some of it. Yeah, like who? <laughs> the IRS, for one. <laughs> you know, our government taxes us based on the things they want us to invest in and what they don't want us to invest in. They, they want to guide what we do with our money. Okay, They want us to support certain things that they want supported. So there's incredible tax advantages to being a real estate investor. Now, an investor makes an investment in real estate over time. That's the way the IRS identifies an investor. Correct. Where if you're a wholesaler or a fix and flipper or something like that, you know, the IRS, that, that's, they treat that more like a business or like a job. It's taxed very much like a job. Right, right. You know, that's the big thing that people need to understand. And when we talked about previous episodes, building your team, sit down with that tax professional up front. Make sure that they have that background in real estate and ask them flat out, which would be better? Do I get $50,000 today in one lump sum? Or do I get? Is it better to get a thousand dollars a month for fifty months, which has greater tax advantages to me? And I think they're always going to tell you the stream is always going to be more advantageous tax-wise. If they tell you the opposite, you may want to look around for another tax professional. Exactly, and it's the difference between depreciation and capital gains. Now we'll have later episodes in, in talking about depreciation schedules and how that's affected in real estate versus their capital gains. And when you have a pile of money coming in, like somebody buys a house and flips it for a huge profit, that's a pile of money coming in. They don't get to depreciate that. They have to pay capital gains on that. Yes, they do. Capital gains is pretty significant. If you don't have a plan for that money, and that has to come from your tax professional. Depreciation, on uh, on the other hand, is a little more advantageous when your plan is streams of income. Like what Tyler and I do, we invest in the long term. We don't really worry about what the property will be worth in 20 years. That's not that big a concern most of the time for us. We're looking at what we can get next month 
from the rents and the well, month after. Yeah, and further than that, we look at what is it going to produce consistently every month for the next 20 years. Correct. Not what is it going to produce in 20 years. Yes, because we can take that money and do a lot more stuff with it and grow and grow and grow. And, and, and like you said, Tyler, when that income is exceeding our expenses to live, I don't have to work anymore. I don't Absolutely. need a W-2 job anymore. So so Bob the, uh, Bob, the investor guy, he sat down and he did his why statement. And he looked at everything in his life and said, okay, this is why I want to invest in real estate. And then he starts to make his plan and he s- determines what he wants to invest in. Maybe he's a pile guy. Maybe he's a stream guy. Let's take Bob and he's a stream guy. Let's say he wants to buy single family homes. Now, what Bob is going to have to do is put that bulletproof plan together. And, and this comes from a lot of the stuff that I did in athletics. And, of course, you can relate to this as a veteran. Um, when you put a plan together, you really don't put a plan together to succeed. You put a plan together to not fail. You remove the failure opportunities within your plan. We call it bulletproofing. Okay, Like, for example... I am, let's say I'm going out in the field and I have my laptop with me and I plan to write a contract on a house using my laptop. Well, what if I have no internet service? I, I can't use my laptop. Absolutely. And what if you don't have any electrical and your electric? battery's dead? I, exactly. You're at least going to stop and check to make sure your battery's charged and, and make sure that the battery will last you through the time you're going to need it. So taking that few minutes to analyze where you are and what you have for the next duration of time that you're going to do something exactly and let's say everything is fine something happens i'll have a paper contract i'll always have a paper contract absolutely have that backup in place so we'll have a redundancy and a redundancy and a third redundancy kind of thing there's a reason why naval vessels have four engines instead of one (laughs) you know the military does a really really good job sports teams do a really good job of making a plan that's built to not fail and not building a plan to succeed so when you're out there bob the investor he's putting a plan together to make sure he's removing those failure opportunities or bulletproofing the plan. So he sits down. First thing he does is that personal financial statement. Where is he standing financially? From there, you've got to put a budget together. What's it going to cost? And there's two cost factors that we, we talk to people about. Most people only think about one cost factor, money. Well, and, you know, time and is equally as important and, and, and well in my case Leo I know your case time is more important than the money absolutely more important you only have 24 hours in a day yep you can't work every one of them nope and you know as Americans we're, we like to work a 40 hour week and I'm sure people are thinking yeah I wish I only worked a 40 hour week well you know that's a guideline and we strive to I'm a big believer in, in the principles taught by Tim Ferriss in a four hour work week being a fit, being hyper hyper efficient in what you're doing, so you don't have to leverage too much of your time, and really only you can decide what too much is. Right. But if you know if you don't have a handle on what too much is, you'll find yourself burning out very quickly, and that's where it becomes hyper important to put uh, certain systems in place to make sure that you are operating at max efficiency. You're going to get the most amount done. And you're not going to burn yourself out. Exactly. exactly. Putting that team in place that we talked about earlier, you know, what you're leveraging with the team is your time because you can't do every aspect of every single transaction that goes on. This comes a lot down to we talk about whether to manage property yourself 
or to hire a property manager? How many 2 a.m. phone calls and disrupted sleep does it take to ruin the, those days beyond, and, and what, is the, what is that time worth? Oh, un- unbelievably, because, you know, if I go back to my original plan, maybe I want to quit my job and have more free time. Well, if I load my time up <laughs> while I'm transitioning out of my job with all these things that I could outsource— now my I'm not I'm not accomplishing that goal that that original goal that intent that I that I put out there so making sure that your cost you're measuring your money in your budget but also allocating your time appropriately in your budget as it supports that why statement and Tyler mentioned the team we uh, we work with a retail uh, with with our retail agents as well and and with the investments that we have, we're all about that action team. And that action team are those people, the attorney, the CPA. Tyler, you just mentioned the property manager, plumbers. I mean, all of it. Those are action teams. Those are people that we can work with in an actionable sense. There's another team in there that's a support team. Now, I know that you have a great support team, Jill. Absolutely. She's your partner in business. She's your wife, and that's your support team. And your mother, and there's several friends that you have, and that that's your support team that, that you rely on. Well, absolutely. And to, going back to the you know the time conversation and, and how it compares to money, the, you know you have to put a dollar figure in your time. Like for me, for example, if I can hire someone else to do a particular task at a rate that's less than four to five hundred dollars an hour, I automatically hire it out. I know Leo, you're, you're, you have a little different view on that. Yours is a little, uh, you're a little more hands-on than I prefer to be. But for me, if it's four to five hundred dollars, and it's going to take me an hour, then I'll probably do it myself. But if it's under that amount, if it's a two hundred dollar task, I'm going to go ahead and sublet that out to a professional to take care of it for me, so I can focus on more income-producing activities. Yeah, I, I have a harder time delegating. I must say, I'm, that's one of the things that I'm kind of working on as, as part of me getting better. Well, folks, we're going to take a break right now. We're, and when we come back, we're going to expand more on your plan and take it all the way in to measure to make sure it succeeds. Stay tuned. We're the Cash Flow Guys. Located in Tampa, Florida, Insured Title Agency... ITA is an independent title agency providing full title and closing services in 47 states. When choosing a title company, be sure they're underwritten by a solid title insurance company. The policy that insures your home ownership is an important one, so consider the source. ITA is underwritten by two of the largest and most sought after underwriters, Stewart Title and Commonwealth Land Title. ITA has been underwritten by both of these companies since our inception in 2006. Every client who chooses ITA does so because of our excellent service, rather than because they were steered in our direction because of an ownership interest or some other shady agreement. We're absolutely confident that our clients see the difference every time they work with us. When you're ready to close your next real estate transaction, give Insured Title a call at 813-855- 3585. Welcome back. We're at episode seven and we're talking about the plan with the cash flow guys, Leo and Tyler. And Leo, let's talk about uh, where you want to be. Yeah, we, we were talking a little bit about the plan and, and putting a plan together that you've got to, you start with that personal financial statement where you are and put a budget together, both time budget as well as financial budget. 
You define your support team, who you need to support you, your action team, who's going to be those persons that uh, and those professionals that you work with. Now, where do you want to be? What, where do you want to be with this? And it goes back kind of to your why. Where do you want to be in one year, five years, ten years, seven years? And, and we, can, we can really drill this down as much as we want. And I'm not a guy, and I never really have been. It doesn't, doesn't work for me. I don't put like a one-year, three-year, five-year goal. I, I don't really do it like that. Well, you even got to back it up from there, and, you know, you start with the end in mind. That's yeah. where you begin. It, Absolutely. It, it, it's critical to have the end in mind. And, you know, I say the phrase a lot, what's it going to look like? What, what's it look like at the end? Right. You know, and you, you can back it up from there. Well, at the end, I want to have lots of holdings. I want to have a big business, a big company, lots of employees. Or I really want to be on a sailboat somewhere in the middle of the South Pacific, and I want a few properties that are going to drop a few thousand dollars into my account every month. And when I go pull up to the nearest marina and put fuel in the sailboat and get new, you know, refresh my water supply, and I've got a couple hundred bucks, and that's just great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that goes back to building that plan around that why. The exit strategy is going to be pretty important too. You've got the end in mind. Where do, what, is it, what do you want it to look like? Well, the exit strategy is, is has many meanings really. And, and think about that when you're investing in real estate. When you go, when you look at a, let's say you pick up a little house, a little three bedroom, two bath house. The day, the first day you go see it, the first thing you should be thinking about is someday I'm going to be done with this investment. Mm-hmm. When will that be? Will that be five years, 10 years, 30 years? And how am I going to exit this investment? Right. That's going to tell you how you're going to acquire it. Once you realize you, you, you take the time to figure out how you're going to exit it, that's going to help you to hatch a plan on how to take it on in the first place. Exactly. Good example of that is, for example, when you're selecting your financing investors, you could do a 15-year term, a 30-year term. You could do five-year terms. Do you Are you buying it for cash flow or are you buying it for equity build? If you're trying to build equity... Maybe you would go with a shorter term loan, which would build up more equity. If you're strictly investing for cash flow and you're able to get 30 year terms, that's going to look more attractive to you. So, again, you know, beginning with the end in mind, well, before I sign this mortgage, this loan, this note for this property, do these terms match my exit strategy? Don't sign a five year note if you're going to do, hold this property long term. And, you, you know, unless you're trying to build equity. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great point. And um, sometimes we get into properties that are smaller properties, for example, uh, condos, uh, three bed, two baths, stuff like that. And as the plan builds, we may hold on to those properties only for a few years to get into bigger properties like duplexes, multifamily, things like that. And that goes along with using what you have to get what you need to accomplish what you want. I started flipping houses years and years and years ago. And then I bounced back and forth mobile homes here and there and and did some wholesaling and and all this. But, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't thinking with the end in mind. I was just thinking about, you know, 1-800-NEED-CASH-NOW type of thing. (laughs) Right. And uh, that was pretty much my whole strategy, which, you know, that never works for the long term. And you know, that's some of the problem with the, some of the tasks or the jobs involving real estate investing is some of the investor identities really are a job. There's no exit strategy. You know, people go in thinking, I'm going to flip just a few houses to build up enough money to buy a rental property. 
I challenge you to show me somebody more than 10 people that you know that have actually done that successfully. Yeah, it doesn't really work out that way. No, they start flipping houses and then they either quit flipping houses because they've lost it all or spent it all. Or this just wears them right out, and they right. don't even have the energy. By the time they get done flipping a couple of houses, they're so worn out, the chance of the thought of holding a property long term wears them out even more. So you know, these are things that you have to be cons- that you have to consider. Being a wholesaler, heavily, heavily involved in marketing, you know, you have to keep feeding that beast. Wholesalers that do direct mail spend three, four, five, eight, ten thousand dollars a month in direct mail. And yeah, they make 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 a ten thousand dollar fee, right? But if you're shelling out ten thousand, you know, nine thousand dollars to make a ten thousand dollar fee, and you're working eighty hours a week, that doesn't sound like being self-employed to me. That sounds like just being employed, right? Yeah, you kind of end up getting um, immersed in it, and uh, it's inescapable. Which um, it can it can explode on you. And that's where the reevaluation comes in. You know, when I got back into real estate here in the last couple of years, I went in back in wholesaling and i was one of those people that was spending thousands of dollars on direct mail to get back into wholesaling while i was in the process of renewing my real estate license i did a couple wholesale transactions well i did more than a couple wholesale transactions but again it took a huge amount of discipline for me to stop feeding that beast and Mm -hmm. focus on the buy and hold right you know that long-term solution and now i'm sitting here today and i have a very tidy income coming in you know i'm probably i was able i'm I decided I wanted a new truck because my truck was falling apart, my older truck. And today I went down to the dealership and zippity blam, and I wasn't even worried about the payments because I have a cash, I have several cash flowing assets to pay that bill. Right, right. And that came from basically looking, measuring, and adjusting, measure and adjust, measure and adjust. And that brings us to a, a point where that plan has to be measured and adjusted. For me, I do a rolling plan, which means every 90 days I reevaluate my personal financial statement, my profit and loss, my balance sheet, and every 90 days I reevaluate that back to my why, back to my core values. What is it supporting? Why am I doing this, and is it going the way I want to? I also build in there, like we talked about earlier, those fail-safes, those redundancies, those countermeasures. I'm always thinking, if I purchase this property, how am I going to get out of it? Um, If I have to, what are the things that are going to come up? Does it need a roof? Is it going to be a problem? The durability of the neighborhood and building in all those fail-safes so that I can make sure my plan succeeds. Because when you eliminate failure from the plan, the only thing left... It's success. Absolutely. And, you know, talking about the 90-day reevaluation, that's what brought me, I don't know if I've actually verbalized this to you before, but that's what brought me, got me on board with this, doing this podcast and doing the videos and actually tracking the information that we're putting out to people. It's a way to, you know, we've, we've had hundreds and hundreds of conversations and, and counseled and mentored all these different people, but none of that information was recorded. So once that person leaves yeah that information goes with them but nobody else gets the opportunity to take advantage of it and that's that's my why and that hit me a little a couple months ago it's like i you know we're putting out this good information and believe it or not every once in a while i get some great ideas and i wanted a way to or i hear a great idea and i want to have a medium to share it with the public you know i spend a lot of time reading and i've surrounded myself with some Amazing mentors. Uh, I spend a lot of time going to the real estate seminars and, and whatnot and hanging out with people like Ken Rack- McElroy and 
the real estate guys, uh, Robert Helms and the Godfather and and all them and uh, my mentor. And it's, I, I'm constantly learning. And as that information, if I don't share that information, it's going to go away. Yes, correct. So this podcast, I, I during one of my 90-day reevaluations, you and I, Leo, were talking about, you know, there's got to be a way to, we've we, we got to be able to get this information out there. But more importantly, it needs to be archived yes. and saved so that people later, two, three, five years from now, can reflect back. And can be built upon. Absolutely. And when I find good podcasts online, like the real estate guys, love the real estate guys. Cashflow Diary is another one. Robert Kiyosaki's got one. Um, I go back and listen to the old episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you hear them learning. They're constantly learning. I was having that conversation with Ken McElroy recently at a seminar, and uh, he's a Rich Dad advisor, and, you know, he sees it too. And uh, going back and, and looking at, listening to that old information, even going back and reading his books, I've read his books several times, the ABCs of Real Estate Investing and the Advanced ABCs of Real Estate Investing. Those are books he put out many, many years ago. But the information still is as valid today as it was back then. Yeah, it's still relevant. And if you keep in study with it, you're constantly uh, putting it back into relevancy. Absolutely. Yeah. The one thing that um, that we really, really talk to our team about as we transition to the last little piece of this is um, what we call front site focus. Now, this uh, I stole that. That's that's not my term. Front site focus. Now, military guy. I mean, I, you, you've heard that a hundred times yeah, on the I range. <laughs> you get it. You know. But um, a retired SEAL commander um, Mark Devine has put out several books, and I'm a huge fan of his books. And he does these Kokoro camps and different. Uh, fitness camps. I don't want to just pigeonhole it that way, but in one of his books, he talks about front sight focus and that laser focused to your plan and making sure that your plan is moving forward. Now, we've built this plan to remove failure, that we want to make sure we're, we, we've got that. So we've got countermeasures and fail-safes in there and redundancies. If my computer doesn't work, I've got a paper contract, if, and I've got three pins with me in case that messes up. You know, I've got an umbrella in case it rains. So all of these redundancies are built into that plan, and we're constantly adjusting and reevaluating that plan as we go. The big thing is stay focused on moving that plan forward and executing that plan. Now, we, we can get off on some bright, shiny stuff, can't we? Yes, we can. It's like when you were talking, <laughs> I was hearing the siren go by from the fire department. I was like, ooh, shiny object. Yeah, flashing exactly. Lights. Uh, one real uh, – and Tyler and I were talking about this a little bit on the break. I have some friend, uh, I've got some friends of mine up in uh, the North Florida area, and they, uh, it, they put together a power team. I mean, there was a young attorney guy, there was a young lender guy, there's a real estate professional, an appraiser, and they put a little buying group together kind of thing. And they went out and they put a little plan together, and, and they, these are friends of mine. These are, these are good friends of mine. And off they went, and they were buying uh, these single-family homes, and they were depressed neighborhoods and stuff like that, and they were fixing them up. And, and I kind of lost touch with them for a while, and a few years later came back, and, hey, how's it going? Fully expecting them to say, oh, it's going great. Well, they all fell apart. Well, what happened? Well, we, we, you know, we were going and buying these single-family homes and fixing them up and putting renters in there, and then we came across this really killer deal. There you go. 
<laughs> and it wasn't even close to the plan they had. But we'll get right back to the plan. Exactly. So they got off track on this huge parcel of land to be developed because they got this great idea, and it's going to be a trailer park, and it, and it ate them alive. That job exploded on them. Before they knew it, they couldn't get it back on track, and then it just ate up the group. So that front sight focus is making sure that you're still focusing on your plan because remember you develop that why based off of what you want what you need made decisions made a plan and you're going to move that forward i know you know we talk we, we hear it all the time about people getting distracted and derailed and <laughs> kind of like when we look at deals that aren't in our market and uh, they're a class and we're c class and uh, and it, it does it looks attractive yeah and, ooh, so, ooh, cell phone tower ooh, let's right, do that right right you look at it and you're like boy i really want to do it warehouse space yeah that'd be great right but and that, all that, those things would be great but it, unfortunately you know we well fortunately i should say is that we absolutely have to stay laser focused on our mission yeah Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and those deals will always be there. People think, oh, it's a deal of a lifetime. No such thing. There are deals all over the place every day. Be patient. It's not that big a deal. Stay focused on your plan, and you'll probably end up being a successful investor. Well, you know what I say about deals. Deals aren't found. Deals are made. They're made. Absolutely. you dead gum right. So if you found a deal, I can assure you it's not a deal. No. No, no. Deals are created when you know what you're doing. Well, folks, that's going to bring us to the end of Episode 7. We're talking about the plan, the why, what, and uh, how to measure it and adjust it. And uh, my name is Leo Young, and that right over there is Tyler Sheff, and we are the Cash Flow Guys. <laughs>